Welcome. Welcome, listeners. <laughs> Sorry, I'm geeking out. Welcome to the second official episode, Messy with Jesus, with me, your host, Anais Guerra. Hi, hi, hi. For new listeners, I just want to recap, if you didn't listen to the first podcast, (gasps) I should probably take my rubber bands out. Okay, some ASMR for some people. I'm going to take my rubber bands out because I have braces and I stutter a lot with them, so hold on, let's get that going. Do you guys hear that? Okay, okay, okay. Don't want to keep you here long, but it might be a long one. Okay, anyways, new listeners, if you are here, you probably ran into one of my Instagram pages or TikTok pages. I am a social media content creator based around fitness, health, and lifestyle. I'm dipping my feet into more lifestyle slash like Christian content, if you may say so. So I'm so happy you're here and I'm like really amped and really, really amped and really passionate about this. So I hope you could stay for the long run. Okay. And for my returning listeners, I appreciate every single one of you. Okay. I'm a person who talks with their hands. So if you hear, that's me slamming my fist to my hand. We're going to take this episode nice and slow. I don't want to feel rushed. So get some snacks. Maybe if you're doing cardio, driving to work. Let's 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 catch our breath a bit. Let's take this energy a little bit lower on ice. I'm just very passionate and excited to do this episode and I honestly, okay, what's the day today? It is Wednesday, November 16th. 2022, 11 p.m., 11 p.m., and I'm sweaty, and I just got home from the gym. I still have that cardio high going. I still have some pre-workout in my system, and I listen to some worship music, so a girl is on fire and has a word for you today, and it's not only just any other word. It's my testimony. It's my story. Oh my gosh, it's going to be vulnerable, and I'm scared, so... So hold my hand, please. If you can hold my hand, please hold my hand because I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't even, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, listen to me, guys. If I told you I did this willingly, if I told you I did this podcast willingly, I'd be lying by myself. Willingly to do this because I want to. I'd be lying. I've had a calling to do a podcast for the longest, but something to be Jesus-based and godly-based, I'd never thought I'd be doing this. And let me tell you, it's not me behind this. It's God. Like, for real. Like, if you told me, even starting this year, if you told me I would start a podcast called Messy with Jesus, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, right. Like, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, I know I wanted to start a podcast for the longest time, but I don't think I'd call it Messy with Jesus. But let me just tell you, The reason why I started, the reason behind this all is because of him and he told me that my story should not be kept to myself. Ooh-wee, ooh-wee, do we feel, ooh, this is getting serious. He told me, (laughs) if you hear my chair squeak, I am in the process of getting a new desk chair or podcast chair where it doesn't squeak, so... 
Just wait on your girl, but if you do hear the squeaking, I apologize. Oh, and if there's echo in this podcast, I apologize because it's in the spare room. Did I say that already? It's in the spare room. So I moved my desk to another room in my house, in my mom's house, because we have four rooms and it's only the two of us. Um, And I was like, I want to separate rest and work, right? So if it's echoey, there's not a lot in here. So that's probably why. But I don't think this is going to be my main podcast area. But if it is, it is, you know, we're, we're just we're starting messy. So my first podcast was in my bedroom. The second podcast is in the spare bedroom. It, yeah, and it's just all over the place. It's not perfected. It's not professional. It's not It's not like, and I don't even, okay, I apologize because I don't even have content to put out for my Instagram being like, thank you for tuning in on my first episode. Like I've been working all weekend since I aired my last episode and I feel so horrible because I want to have content ready for you guys being like, thank you so much for, honestly, if you're listening, if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for listening to my very first podcast episode. I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate, you know, the shares. I appreciate even you telling me that you listened to it. And if you, if you didn't even reach out or you didn't share it, I still love you and I still appreciate you because, yeah. And I hope you could stay for this episode. It's going to be a long one. And I hope you could stay for the, you know, next couple of episodes. Again, we're starting messy. So, I kind of wanted to do Friday mornings as the day where I throw out a podcast each week, but it's now Wednesday of the next week, (laughs) Wednesday night, right? And I think I'm only going to be able to air it on Spotify, but then maybe a day later or two, it'll be able to air it on Apple. But I just want you to guys know how messy this podcast is. And it's just like, I'm telling you, this is not If it was me, I would have everything lined up and make sure that everything is like organized or like scheduled or have content and pictures to post on my podcast Instagram, but I don't because God has been pushing this so heavy on my heart. He's like, get on there, girl, and talk. Get on there and share your story. Get on there so hopefully you can like inspire someone or even save someone's soul from whatever that they're going through. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't know. But he told me to share my story, my testimony, and I feel like my testimony is all over the place. And whenever people would ask me what my testimony is, I never really knew what that meant. I never really knew what that meant. Like, what do I share? Like, hard stuff in my life? Like, before, I would be like, well, this is happening and this is happening. But I'm going to share you like a little bit of my childhood. We're going to get a little bit childhood, a little bit teenage era, and then in my early 20s. And I'm not going to go deep into everything because I feel like there's so much revelation and so much transformation in those seasons alone. I don't know. I just want to share a little bit of my story. And oh, I did write down... Um. Something that came to me while I was at work, if some of you don't know, I work on the weekends at Nike, other than like social media. I work retail at Nike and we were closing and I was, we were in the zone to close. I was like in the zone and something just hit me was like, and I think it was God being like, you need to share this. Because I was like thinking, I'm like, I don't know what I want to record for my second episode. Like, how's it going to go? He's like, you need to share your story. 
you need to share your testimony. What the heck? Like, let's start it off rough, girl. Like, let's go all in. And I was like, oh, shoot. And I wrote it down because it was a thought. But then I was like, this is not just a thought. This is God. So I grabbed paper and a pencil and I started writing. So you you guys want to hear it? You guys want to hear what, what was happening? And my coworkers were like, were you okay, dude? <laughs> and I was like, no, I got an idea. So basically... So this episode is obviously me sharing my story, being vulnerable, transparent, and humble, and sharing things I'd never thought I'd share on the internet. So this is what I wrote down. Oh, okay. You guys ready? You guys want to hear the the paper too? Because I'm pretty sure you guys can. Okay, so it's not, okay. My testimony isn't when I found Christ for the first time, and then my whole life changed. That's not my testimony. I feel like most people when they talk about their testimony, they'll be like, I found Christ this day, and then their li- their life changed forever. I'm like, oh, girl, thank you. When I first found Christ, when I first experienced Christ, like the Holy Spirit, was when I was 16 at a women's conference at Joyce Meyer, right? I felt something I've never felt, and I was like, this is this is real. (laughs) And then I was 16 and I was so hungry for the, for the, like after that conference, yes, my life changed and I always wanted to be better, but I kid you not. And it's so crazy because my niece was over today. Shout out Elena if you're listening, if you're not. Okay. Uh, (laughs) We were talking about it and I was like, dude, I was 16, 17 years old. I had Girl, I had God's call on me since I was probably a little kid, right? And then it wasn't until I actually felt the Holy Spirit where I was like, I have a call, right? And I remember reading Joel Austin's books and it's like self-development at 16, 17 years old, reading a Christian well-known Christian author, pastor and everything at 16, 17 years old. And I was telling her, I was like, remember when I used to put like the little quotes in his book and and paper and I would put it all over my room? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, dude, I was 16, 17 years old writing all these good quotes. And one of them that I still have in front of me, it says, don't let good enough be good enough. And that's the only one that I kept, but I wrote so many of his quotes all over my room, right? Not all over, but like where I could see it. And I was like, I want to see this every time I wake up. 16, 17 years old. And you would think my life would transform and be like so pure since then. But when I tell you that, and I, I always wondered, I'm like, I had a calling from God ever since I was really young, but the enemy attacked me. I told her, I was like, dude, the enemy attacked me like crazy because it's like I got distracted from God's will ever since, you know, I met the Holy Spirit. I was attacked like insane. As in like, not saying like attack, like beaten up or anything, but like distracted. Getting into things I shouldn't have been getting into, like relationships Basically, that was it. I was just kidding. I would say like my weakness was relationships. And once a girl was in a relationship, 
it was, that was top priority. Like, that was the number one thing because, oh, that goes back to my childhood and everything. But, dude, yeah, the, the, yeah, the enemy attacked me because I was like, holy cow, like, I could have been doing other things with my life. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I had God's will and God's hand over my life ever since I was young. But I'm telling you, when you're when you're called from God and you have God's hand over your life, the enemy, you you people think that the enemy flees from you, but he attacks even harder. And I can see that throughout the years of like 16, 17, 17 all the way till now, which I'm 27, how bad he really attacked me. And it's not like saying he beat me up, but he distracted the heck out of me with relationships, with toxic relationships, with situationships. Situationships is like when you're not boyfriend and girlfriend, but you act like boyfriend and girlfriend, but you've seen them like every single day and like what? And then you're not boyfriend and girlfriend and they're not your husband and they're not your wife, but you're still seeing them every day, but you don't want to be in a relationship, but you are in a relationship. That, yeah, that, that. And it's just like so crazy to see where I am now and where I was before. I'm like, wow, like I I, I didn't have any weapons. And I was telling her, I was like, dude, he was coming at me with the AK-47. Go just bullets after bullets, you know. And I'm there dying because I didn't know how to defend myself. I didn't know how to basically, yeah, defend myself. And like now I know that I need to defend myself from the enemy, from like, with the Bible, with staying close to people who are godly people and believe in God and, you know, staying away from things that you know you'll get tempted into. And it's crazy. I don't know. I didn't even finish my paper that I wrote. What was I saying? (laughs) Basically, it's been a messy road, right? Ever since I first came across the Holy Spirit knew that Jesus was real, God was real. I always believed in God, like I grew up Catholic. Should I just start from the beginning, holy cow, or should I just finish this? Should I just finish what I wrote? It's been a messy road. That's why it's called Messy with Jesus. Everyone has that story where they found Christ for the first time and they never looked back. I'm here to tell you that that's not my story. God has been calling me for years. I have let every excuse, distraction, relationship distract me and keep me away from God, from my calling, which is God's will, right? God's purpose within me. The devil threw everything my way to hold me back to fulfill God's purpose because he knows dang well, and I wrote it in big, in big letters, because he knows dang well your girl got some voice. Your girl got some oomph to her. You know what I'm saying? I could save some humans. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway, so he knows dang well the power I have in the persona. Wait, what? Oh, the power I have in my personal story and voice that he wanted to hold back from someone who needs to hear it. So basically, I'm trying to write that like the devil knows just as much The devil knows your potential just as much as God knows your potential, right? So I have a feeling that the, you know, enemy saw my potential within like fulfilling God's purpose and he was like, oh, heck no, that ain't happening. So he's like, I'm throwing this, I'm throwing this, I'm throwing this, I'm throwing this. And me being my weakling self, 
I didn't really have a fundamental um, protection. I didn't really have a fundamental way to combat that. Like, I grew up Catholic. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I didn't really have a... I don't really have a personal relationship with my mom. So she wasn't really like, when the enemy attacks, this is what you do, you know? And my dad didn't either. But we all believed in God. But no one really told me how to like, pop, pop, throw some shots back at him. You know what I'm saying? I gotta save myself from a lot of things. Anyways, God turns everything that the enemy meant for evil for good. So we're here today. Eh, okay, 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 relax, relax. Let's get serious. So basically, what I'm trying to say is that the enemy knows the potential I had within God and the like, purpose and everything like that. And he just threw everything my way, me being the naive gullible little human I was in my faith and I believed everything he threw me at and it is what it is you know (laughs) and he knows the voice that I have because he threw so much at me to stop me from pursuing you know God's purpose and I know that if it's not 20 women that could be set free or men from my voice it'll be at least one person who will be set free from my voice. You know what I'm saying? And then I was basically going in and saying, today I am chained free from the enemy. Thank you to God's grace and love he has for me. Thank the Lord. Can I get an amen? Because wow, it's been a traumatizing experience. (laughs) And then I went in and I said, I'm going to share things I've never thought I'd share on the internet. Or even to my friends. I have yet to share this real authentic story to anyone. Yes, my friends and family know bits and pieces. But like never put everything together. And never put anything together. Like they know bits and pieces. and But like they've never heard it all together. And then it's brought to the light. You know. Um, What was I saying? (laughs) But I know if it's one thing I can give to someone, it's my story. So let's get into it. Let's break the chains together and uphold what God has in store for us when we do. So basically, when we share our... Okay, that was that was, that was was what I wrote down at work. To get the, the juices flowing, you know what I'm saying? Get the, the juices flowing. Um... We're going to go into some childhood stuff. We're going to get into some teenager stuff. But I'm not trying to go too deep into it. This podcast, it's it's going to be on for like a couple years, if not forever. We'll see where life takes us. But we can always dive right back into childhood. We can write, dive right back into the teenage years, the early 20s, whatever it may be. I don't want it to be like this whole like long story, but I don't want it to be rushed either. I want you to see how the enemy has worked in my life and how God has worked in my life and why I am where I am today. So obviously I was raised Catholic. Oh, this is weird. I don't want to do this. Um, I've never seen my parents together. Oh, this is vulnerable. I don't want to talk about this. I'm telling you. I'm not speaking into this mic and telling you this because I want to tell it to you. 
God's literally like, say it. Say it, baby girl. Let's go. Let's get away. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So I've never seen my parents together. I think they were together when I was like, I don't know, one, two. And that's the thing. Like, they don't really verbalize too much about... Okay. Right. So they separated ever since I was like probably young. Right? Um... So we're growing up. Anais is growing up like la di da di da, la di da di da. Parents not together, la di da di da, la di da di da. Um, I have older sisters. I have a old. My oldest sister is twenty years apart from me. The next is uh like three years, three to four under twenty, and then the next. Like, the closest age sister I have is a whole 10 years. So, I was kind of, like, popped out out of nowhere. I was kind of like, well, dang, I could still get pregnant kind of thing. Like, oh, dang, oh, dang, she popped out. Like, oh, I wasn't really expecting that, you know? That That's me. That's me. That's what happened. <laughs> so, I'm the youngest of four sisters with my mom. And my dad has me the me as the only girl and he I do have an older half brother from my dad so dude my life is when I look back at it I'm like holy cow girl because I'm a very positive person now but anytime I dive into my childhood I'm like no wonder I was an angry little child teenager no wonder I was looking for love in all these men. Like, okay. All right, all right. Let's slow down a bit. <laughs> let's slow it down. So growing up, I always had my sisters kind of like, they weren't like my sisters. They were kind of like my mom's in a way. They weren't like, I'm going to sneak out and you got my back, right? You got my back. It wasn't like that. It was more so like, they took me out to places, they took me to the mall, they took me to fun activities, and when they moved out um, and had their own place, they would always, like, have me over, right? And shout out to my sisters, because cause you guys, you know, made my childhood eventful, like, you know, because my mom really wasn't about, no, yeah, she would take me places, like, <laughs> we would go to, like, walking areas a lot so we would walk a lot and then we would go to the cantini park i don't know if you guys ever been to the cantini park but that was a really cool place and then she would take us to the chicago lake michigan a lot but we would like go early early like wake up at 3 30 in the morning to get sunrise and that was pretty cool as a kid that was exciting um but like she wouldn't really take us to like superficial like kid stuff areas and I think that's why I just never really expect a lot from people because it's like I am so happy with literally the simplest things like they make my heart full like the simplest things make my heart full you know what I'm saying so I my mom wasn't the one to take us to take me at least to Chuck E. Cheese and like all these places but my sister's when they would do stuff like that, they would always invite me. Shout out to my sisters. They would take me to 
what is that one place? Ozzy Fun World or something? Chuck E. Cheese, Luigi's, you know. And one of my sisters that I always tagged along with, she had her first kid when I was three years old. When I was three, I was a tia already. And she was about 17, 18, I believe. And so, like, she would always take him. Oh, this is where it gets, this is where it gets juicy. So, I appreciate my sisters for always letting me tag along and go places with them. But when you're that little and you see, obviously, my sister was with her boyfriend and then they got married. When you see a couple together and they do everything for their, ooh, girl, we ain't getting touchy. Ouch. When you see two parents do everything and give everything, their heart, their time, their souls to, you know, their child, which is my nephew, it hurt bad. And it didn't hurt at the time because I'm a kid. I don't know how things work. And nobody was telling me why my parents were not together anymore. Nobody was telling me, like, why I'm not going places with my mom and dad or no one's telling me why... My mom's not taking me here. And they're both great parents. Like, I love my parents. But it's been a rocky road. And my dad has always, like, stepped in into the, like, to do his best that he can. And he's been very, very, like, supportive and very, like, like, he always supported everything. Like, I love my dad. Shout out to my dad. Um, You know, going to school and you know, always giving me money for things. And he got me my first car and my second and my third. And it's like, shout out to him, you know. But when you're a little kid and you don't know why your parents are not together and you see someone else's parents together, which was my sister and my brother-in-law, and they give everything and their whole soul to, like, their kid, subconsciously that messed me up. Because I remember I was a grumpy little thing like grumpy devil little Tasmanian devil inside of me and I never knew why but when you're little and no one's telling you what what's up like it gets to you you know so again I appreciate I loved going I loved hanging out with my nephew and my sister and my brother-in-law and like my other sisters and like doing things with them like I loved it but it's like when I got back home, I felt so sad because it's like like the fun was over. Like I would always sleep over and sometimes I would sleep over like for multiple days, <laughs> like during the summer. And when I got back home, I just felt so lonely and sad. And like it's like I almost wanted his life, like my nephew's life. Oh my God, this is sad. And I didn't understand why I didn't have his life. And he got like cool toys and Game Boy. Like, my sister and my brother-in-law gifted me a Game Boy because they saw how, like, like just feisty and petty I was towards my nephew because he had a Game Boy and, like, all the games possible. And I'm sitting there like, what did I, like, what would I get for Christmas? I'm not 
wasn't trying to bash on my parents. I'm just trying to like when you grow up, it's 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 subconsciously it messes with you if no one's next to you being like, well, baby, like we don't have money for that, or I don't really want you to have that Game Boy, or like me and your dad are not together because of this, but I still love you. I never got that. I never really got an I love you from my mom. E, did we just go there? Ouch! 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 I don't want to go here anymore. Can we go back? Can we retract, please? Uh, okay. Yeah, like now when I think about it in my childhood, I never got an I love you. And I know my mom's love language is more so like, like kind of like, or like action. What is it? Like, that's not words of affirmation. It's not that. And it's not gifts. It's, uh, oh, it's time. It's quality time. Yeah. But it was just quality time. <laughs> and basically, like, having a roof over my head that I'm, like, very, very thankful for. And I'm not ever going to take it for granted. Like, I didn't have a shitty childhood. But it would have been nice to be reassured through words of what the hell was going on. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of kids now have parents who are very communicative. And again, I'm not here to bash on my parents or bash on my mom about anything. Because it's like how they grew up. That's how they raised their child. So it's it's not entirely their faults. But I'm here to say that you can break those chains and those generational chains and be different for your child. Like, obviously, what I didn't get was words of affirmation and just communication and quality conversations from my mother that made me feel loved and qualified and confident. It just, there was no words being spoken to me other than, like, like, if I were to mess things up as a kid or a teenager like it would just be negative things and it was so so bad to the point where like I didn't want to live anymore like let's get into the teenage years um like she wasn't really like yeah she wasn't words of affirmation she wasn't like good job like dude I would like be trying out for all these sports teams just because I wanted to like, she didn't put me in, like, no camp or practices or anything. I'd just be like, I'm going to try out for the basketball team. Boom. Makes the basketball team. And it's just like, la, la, la. I'd be like, Mom, I made the basketball team, so I need these shoes, and then I need money for this. And it's just kind of like, she wasn't like that mom to be like, oh, my gosh, like, congratulations. Like, you made the basketball team? I'm so happy for you, you know, like, and a hug and then all that. Like, she was just kind of like... Basically, like, I'm gonna have to cough up money for you to play basketball. Like, if <laughs> I'm gonna have to pick you up after school hours, bro. And I was like, and then I tried out one time, I tried out for the play, but I didn't make it. I have no experience in play or acting, I didn't make it. It was really bad. <laughs> but, like, that's how, like, of a, of a, of a child I was, how, a, like, a teenager I was. I was just like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Like, if I had that courage now, we'd be going places, but I don't. <laughs> I tried out for the softball team. Never once was in a softball league or ever practiced softball. Never had a bat. Never had a mitten. Bro, a girl was just out there doing things. And I tried out for the softball team my sophomore year, I think. And I made the team. <laughs> and there's people who were in little leagues that didn't make it. And I was like. 
I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and it's like, I'll tell my mom, so I'm in softball now, so I'm going to need these shoes, these pants. And what's crazy is that everybody had their own personal bats. And I would always just have to borrow some people's bats. And it was fine in the beginning until there came a point where, like, like, the girl who would always let me borrow her bat, like, she didn't come to the game or something like that. And I had to ask other people. And then it, then it's when it became weird and awkward, like, ah, she needs to borrow my bat. Like, ugh, you know? And then I was like, oh, shoot. Like, dang. Like, I feel so left out because I don't have my own bat. And, like, there'll be girls on the teams who had, like, three bats. And they're, like, these $300, $400 bats that their dad bought them. And I'm just over here, like... Can I borrow your bat? <laughs> and I didn't even have a glove. To be honest, I don't even know where I got my glove. I think my dad had some gloves. Um, And he's like, oh, I have a couple. And I was just like, cool. Like, some of these, you know, kids, their parents went out and have bought them really good quality bats and gloves and shoes. And I'm just out here like... I was messy. Holy cow. Like, I was just starting things messy. I had no equipment. I had no prior experience. And I'm just like, hey, what's up, guys? I made the motherfucking team. Let's motherfucking go, you know? Yeah. And then now that I think about it, I'm like, if I did, if I did do little leagues, like, if I was experienced in softball or basketball, like, if I had practice outside of just trying out for the very first time, I'm like, I can only imagine of how far my athleticness could have taken me. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I wasn't terrible. No, actually, you know, in gym class, I would always be one of the first girls to be picked because of like how like hard I would go with with sports. It would be anything. And I feel like, okay, every, anything and anything but soccer. Anything and everything but soccer. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm not a foot person. I love to hold on to the balls. Okay, that was weird. That was weird. Like basketballs, love it. Softballs, catch it. You know, um, I, I liked volleyball too. Never tried out because I was a little bit more intense in high school. That was like taken very seriously. Like volleyball leagues were so serious during the summer and then when it came to like tryouts in school like it was like on steroids I'm like ah, I'm not doing that like I was good in gym class but like when you go against the people who actually went to leagues like summer leagues y you don't mess with those people like they're on steroids <laughs> but shout out to them because I think it's super cool but like you know like now when I go into like being a mom I know I have that like gen genetic like athleticism if you may say like that's why I'm I was so hyper focused in fitness now because I have something in my blood in my genetics that is just like loves athleticness how do you say it? athleticism excellent and I don't get it from my mom I know I get it from my dad because he would tell me in his younger days bro he would wake up super early before work like three four in the morning to go run miles outside before work and then he would come back for a smoothie and then go to work at five in the morning. And I'd be like, dang, you were different. And like everything that he told me, like he was into like, you know, all the fitness stuff. Like he played, he said he was, he played professional ball, like softball when he was younger. And I'm like, that makes sense, you know? And I think he had an injury that like 
stopped him from continuing the career, but he was like legit, legit. And I I sit back and I listen to these stories because I'm like, I had whatever he had inside of me. So it's just kind of like, oh yes, I lived with my mom growing up, not my dad. So it's like, I wasn't really like, you know, put up there. I wasn't put in like leagues and stuff. And I feel like if I was, I'd be pretty like, I'd be pretty like official, you know? But anyways, why are we talking about this? You know what? That's what we're talking about. And I'm not going to put a timeline on this. I'm not going to put a timestamp on when we should stop. If you have to go, please pause and come back later. But that's where we're at in my story. (laughs) But it's just kind of like now being a 27-year-old woman. Like, if I ever have kids, I'm a, you know, depending on their father. I don't know who their father will be, right? But, like, if he's pretty athletic... Oh, you best believe we put them in some, some, some leagues, bro. Baseball, softball, basketball, whatever it is. They can choose volleyball, but we putting them in. We're putting them, putting them in the sports and like, we're not going to put pressure on them. I'm already talking like I have a boyfriend. I don't even have, I'm not even talking to anybody but Jesus right now. But I know, I know Jesus has someone out there for me. And I'm, ooh, it's going to be like, it's going to be crazy. You know, when we get together. But it's not right now. It's not right now. Because he's like, me and you still got to work on things. And I'm like, you right, Jesus. You right. <laughs> you right. So anyways, when I do meet my future husband and we start a little family, I think he's going to be athletic. I'm pretty sure my future husband's going to be athletic. We put in the mugs in whatever sport they want to do. And we like, we're going to be those parents like, yes, Jimmy. Anyways, okay. Because it's like, if I had that spark in me and nobody put me in little leagues, I think, okay, my mom did put me in a YMCA cheerleading thing, but I was never good at, like, cheerleading or dance. I could just never remember the steps. I was horrible. But if you tell me to shoot some basketballs, hit some softballs, catch some softballs, like, I was there. Yeah. I did do cheerleading in middle school, and then it just, ever since then, I'm like, this is not for me. (laughs) But I tried it all. I tried to, I I tried out for a lot of things. Like the play, the school play in high school with no experience. I probably looked ridiculous up in that stage, but I did it. And I knew nobody who was trying out. None of my friends tried out for that play. They didn't even know that there was a play tryout. But what does Anais do? She looks at the flyer and then she's like, I'm gonna try out for this play. I'm like, dude, who built me like this? Like, who built me like this? I was, like, living the high school dream. I was just trying out for anything, bro. I was, oh, school play, Romeo and Juliet. I'm going to try out for Juliet. I was, like, they're, like, what are you trying out for? Juliet. (laughs) I tell you, when I hold, hold that script straight in my face, it was straight in my face and I never looked up. I was, like, oh Romeo oh Romeo and I was like reading everything from the paper and I never looked up I'm like and I knew nobody nobody I didn't talk to anybody I just went and then I did see this one girl that I knew because she was friends she was cousins with one of my best or friends and that that's the person I talked to but I didn't even know she was gonna you know try out but I just went knowing nobody 
you know, like, nowadays where, like, you going to that party or you're going to be there? You're going to be there? Because I ain't going if you ain't going to be there. Girl, I was just trying out for things, not having a buddy to... I don't know. She's a different breed. My dad was a different breed, and I get it from my dad. That's all I got to say. And as far as, like, my mom, words of affirmation, understanding my childhood, never really got that. Never really got words of affirmation or reassurance or I love you or hugs. And for the longest time, I didn't have love at home. I didn't have love at home. I didn't get love at home. And I always saw, like, the love that my sisters would give to their, you know, my nieces and nephews. And I was always envious. Oh, that's so sad. Um, Because it's, like, kind of, like, that's what I wanted. But I didn't know that I wanted that, right? I wanted that, like mom daughter like relationship where you tell her everything and you guys are hugging and you know do things together and I just yeah my mom is like hardcore when it comes to like things and she's eased up so much so much now but when I tell you I was kid and teenager she don't play I got The cops called on me multiple times because I would leave the house with my high school quote-unquote boyfriend to the park. I wasn't doing drugs. Never did drugs in high school. Never drank in high school. Never really did anything in high school. To be honest, no one really invited me places. (laughs) Sometimes I would get invited, but like I wasn't really invited to the cool stuff, you know. But that's okay. But it's because my mom, my mom didn't permit any sleepovers, nothing. Um, I mean, granted, she did save me from, you know, maybe traumatizing experiences, but I didn't really, it's like, all right, I'm gonna stay home. Where's my love at? You know, I ain't gonna go sleep over. I'm not gonna go do this. I'm not gonna do that. Can you love me? And she didn't love me. She just wanted me home. And I'm like, what is this type of thing? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It's like you, she was yelling in my ear to stay home, not do this, not do that, no sleepovers, no this, no this, no this, no this. And it's like, all right, I'll chill at home. But there was no love. You know, I'm not here to say and bash on my mom. It's more so like sharing my story. And a lot of people, you know, hold back on sharing a lot of this because they don't want to put that out there. But it's just like, it's what happened, right? And I realized that there was no love here and I always was trying to find it specifically in men and relationships so I think right out of high school I had guy friends and then I did get in a serious relationship literally when I was going to community college and then that wasn't working out because I kind of like there was no growth to it it just kind of came to a plateau really good guy honestly really good guy like I was just so young and naive that I was like, okay, like, I'm bored. Not, I, yeah, I was kind of like that. That sounds so bad, but, like, I was kind of like, okay, I'm over it. And then until, like, I met my other future boyfriend who kind of came in right after, like, well, he came in and then I broke up with my, you know, community college boyfriend and then I went into another relationship. Granted, the community college boyfriend didn't even hit a year. It hit, like, a couple months. Like, maybe nine, ten months. Eleven? I don't know. And then I broke up with him, and he didn't understand anything, but I didn't really give him a reason. And then I went into my next relationship, 
<laughs> which was t- for two years, right? And it was crazy because I was 19, I want to say 19, 20, and they were like, bro, like they were like 26 when I met them, but turning 27 when we got in a relationship. I'm 27 right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm barely his age. I'm barely his age right now. And I was dating him when I was 19 and 20, bro. What? I'm barely his age. The guy that I was dating when I was 19 and 20, I'm barely his age right now. That's been years, bro. That's crazy. That's some crazy things. Anyway, so yeah, that was like a like seven-year gap. Because then I turned 21. I turned 21 finally. And then that year, I we broke up. Most toxic relationship I've ever been in. It was nice for the first year. And the second year, I was like... It was bad. It was like the most toxic relationship I've ever been in. And I remember going back and forth. I'm like, how do you know when you should keep fighting or when you need to leave? Girl. Honey boo-boo. There are some stories in that one that we'll get into a future podcast, but honey, honey, boo-boo. Don't stay in something longer than you need to just because of comfortness and familiarity and love. Don't. Don't save yourself. There's better out there. And it's better to be alone than to be in a toxic relationship. And it's like... I don't want to blame it all on him because I wasn't healed. No, wait. Yeah, I wasn't healed from, like, a lot of things of my childhood. And uh, I didn't really know how to be in a relationship. No one taught me to be like, this is what you give in a relationship. Like, bro, you know, it's just kind of like trial and error. So, anyways, that's a relationship. Toxic. Ended. Then got back together. But then I cheated on him. Oh, did I just say that? But that's because I was self-sabotaging and then ended it. But then he tried to come back. But then it was already too late because I've already had another guy come into my life being like serious, serious. And he's like, I want you to be my girlfriend. And I really liked him. And then I was like, oh, see you later, dude. And I didn't pay my ex any attention. And then I got into another relationship that lasted two and a half years. Probably one of the healthiest relationships. And I don't know on their story. They're probably like, no, that shit was toxic. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I was toxic when I was in that relationship. But it was like my most healthiest. Wait, actually, no. The one previous to that. My community college boyfriend was pretty healthy. Bro, we were like, we were so comfortable with one another that we weren't even elevating one another, if that makes sense. That's why I ended it because he wasn't elevating me. He wasn't pushing me. He was just making me comfortable. Not to say he's a bad person. He was really great and comforting and he was there for me and he was such a sweet person. But dude, when like good enough is really not good enough. You know what I'm saying? You could be in a comfortable relationship and sweetest guy does anything for you, makes you feel at home, like he felt like home. But he wasn't pushing me. He wasn't motivating me and he wasn't having me be my best self. And then my next boyfriend was that. He was pushing me. He was playing devil's advocate and like making me question myself on why I can't be that, right? So that's why I went into that one. Then he helped me elevate. He helped me get my confidence out. But then it went to toxicness. And then 
I ended that because it was toxic. I feel like people are meant in your life for like temporary seasons and I never regret any relationship because I always come out better. Maybe a little bit traumatized, but better because there's nothing that God can't heal. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing that God can't overrule and I've been healed from all of my relationships and I always look back and I'll be like, dang. God still came through. God saved me from that one. You know what I'm saying? But I always learn things in every season. So then I'm on my third official and my last relationship that I've been in. It's It was the healthiest for me. Um, But I was pretty toxic. I'm not going to lie. Was I toxic? I wasn't too toxic. No, I wasn't too toxic. But I wasn't healed. Like my kid wounds and my... Tr- toxic ex's relationship was wounds were not healed because I jumped right from relationship to relationship. I never healed those wounds. None of them. And then you get in another relationship and you bleed. You know, you bleed on other people. And now I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, the next person I'm going to be with, I'm going to be the most healed, elevated, hu- loved human ever. And it's just kind of like, it's only up from there and it's just like so yeah basically I jumping relationship to relationship and always like looking for love because I didn't have love at home and then I didn't really know of God's love at that time either I knew God existed I believed in God we went to Catholic Church but I wasn't fulfilled I didn't have a community group I wasn't in you know, like youth group. I didn't really have people, I guess. And, you know, the time that I was getting to know Christ, my sisters as well were getting to know Christ in, you know, not the Catholic Church, but Christianity. And we were all kind of like barely getting to know him. So we all had different journeys, but we were barely like being like, oh, wow, like Christ, you know, Jesus is real. So they weren't really there for me as in the sense of like, you know, I guess spiritually mature because we all entered it at the same time. I want to say we all went to that conference for the first time. We all experienced God's love for the first time. So we all went our different journeys and we weren't really there to like let each other know like, well, you know, God loves you endlessly. And he, you know, I never really heard that growing up. Yeah. So tough teenage years. There, you know, I did have those suicidal thoughts. Like, I did not want to live anymore. Um, And it's because my mother's words were, like, they weren't positive and they weren't, like, reassuring and they weren't loving. They were, like, the opposite. Everything that you can think of loving, reassuring, it was opposite. It was negative. It was, it was sharp words sharp killing words that you can tell a teenager who doesn't know what love is and who's doing rebellious things and not the worst but she was rebel rebellious and instead of like helping her understand what's good for her and how much I was loved I was told the opposite so yeah that's that's my story. <laughs> and there's many other stories, you know, that I've seen God move in my life. But if that just gives you a glimpse 
And like currently I'm not in a relationship. I'm not talking to anyone and I'm not looking for anyone because I'm so fulfilled by God's love and I'm fulfilled by like, you know, other godly friendships. And, you know, I don't really like sit here and be like, I think they should love me more. I don't sit with my mom and be like, you should tell me you love me. Like I know God loves me endlessly. And I know my mom does too, but she just doesn't know how to verbalize it. And that's okay. That's okay. But just as long as she's not saying those words to me anymore, that's all that matters. (laughs) And she's not, you know what I mean? And it sucks that, you know, I don't have a really close personable relationship with her. Like we'll talk sometimes and I'll tell her about like conversations I have with God. But like when it comes to like lovey-dovey stuff and mom and daughter stuff like that's never something I've never had and I just can't sit here and be victimized you know sitting and being what is it called victim playing victim I could sit here and cry all about it and be a victim and be like me and my mom don't have a relationship like you guys and blah 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 blah. and I wish my mom would hug me and I wish my mom would say that she loves me and she's so proud of me Like, no, we got to keep going forward, sweetheart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have had that stop me from doing anything I was called to do. Like, that's why I know that God has his hand over my life. Because everything that was said about me to me has meant for it to shut me down and possibly end my life. But it didn't because God's hand was over my life. He saved me and pulled me out of so many toxic situations, toxic relationships. And he brought me here today to share my story, you know, and to save someone else and to save someone else's soul and let you know that the road is not easy. And like accepting God as your savior and, you know, number one is, is not always like a perfect story. Like some people are like, well, I met God this time and I never looked back. Like, no, I can tell you even like this year I've messed up right? But I'm more quickly to repent. I'm more quickly to be like, oh my gosh, God, forgive my sins. I am a fool. I am not perfect. And I fall into temptation. Like, please forgive me. And he's like, I want to show you that you're not perfect and that you are going to sin. But as long as you know what to avoid and things to avoid and people to avoid to not fall into temptation, that's all that matters. I will forgive you. I still love you. We're still going to do this podcast, even though you screw up. But just, you know, it's a spiritual walk. It's a spiritual journey. Like you learn and you get more wiser when you read the word and you let him, you know, you be in presence with him. And I've, the year 2022 has been the most anointed, spiritual, God-fearing year of my life. And that's why it is messy with Jesus. Cause it's like, I look back in my life and I'm like, Jesus was in everything and he's been waiting for me. And he has his hand over my life. And anytime where I would cry to him, he's pulled me out of things. He saved me out of things. I've probably could have been here with like, man, I don't even want to say it, but like it could have been worse than what it is. I am chain free. I am available for him. And I want you to know that you are also available for him and to accept him into your life. And once you do, it's not going to be this like purity, clean journey. It's going to be messy. It really is. But 
without him, there is no passion. Without him, there is no purpose. Without him, there is no goal. I learned that I want to put him first and I want God to be my boss and I don't want anybody else to be my boss. Like, I want him to be my boss and be like, do this, do this. And I'll be like, all right, we're doing it, you know? But that was kind of a lot. I don't even know if you guys are still with me. Um, did I cover? I don't even think I covered it all, but it kind of gives you a little like a little history, a little backtrack of like what it was growing up for me. And maybe when we do get into further podcasts, like I'll dive in and digest things more and be more open about that. I, I did leave some other things out too, so I totally forgot about it. I just remembered it, but it's just, you know, it's been a journey and it's been messy, but I just want you to know, like, let's say you accepted Christ as, you know, your your savior, right? And let's say years went by and you haven't picked up a Bible or you haven't been to church in months. It's okay I want you to know that it's okay because it's never going to be a perfect journey just as long as you get back to him, you know, and you ask him for, you know, forgiveness and be like, I'm so sorry that I got distracted in this cultural world that I forgot that you should be number one because I didn't bring my Bible because, oh, let me get my Bible up. Let me get my Bible up open because I read this verse today. And it stirs something up in my soul to share and to keep going with this podcast because it's not for nothing. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, ready? Romans 14, 8. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You... Then, why do you judge your brother or sister, or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. And when I read that, I'm like, there is going to be a day where we're all going to be in front of God. All of us. That day is going to come and that's judgment day. He's going to judge whether, you know, we go to heaven or we don't. And it's just like, it's a real thing, guys. Like, it's a real thing. And I'm like, you know, if this podcast, if I do 100 episodes and I save one soul and they're able to go to heaven, and I know you probably have all these questions of like, well, how do you know if I'm going to heaven or not? Or like, how do you know if you could save me or not? It's, it. I can't save you, right? Only God can. But if, the po- if this podcast and I can be a vessel for you to get closer to God and more to get a more of an understanding of his purpose for you and where he wants you to go, that's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? Once you have a relationship with him, he'll let you know whether you're going to heaven or he'll let you know like the stuff, the ropes. And I'm barely getting to learn it myself too. Um, I was actually on FaceTime with Layla and Destiny earlier today because maybe I'm not allowed to say this, but Layla had a dream. Can I share this, Layla? Oh, too late. Layla had a dream <laughs> about the world ending, right? But it wasn't like the world ending. It was like where... 
she knew that she was going to come, like, face to face with God, right? Like, judgment day almost. Like, there was, she said there was an energy behind it. She just had this dream last night. And I just read the scripture today. I'm like, there's going to be a day and nobody knows when it's in. It's going to happen. It's either really, really soon or years from now, right? Nobody knows, right? Not even, not even God knows. It says in the Bible. But we were studying it on FaceTime and we're all talking about it like, because no one really knew what Judgment Day is. But we basically, there is verses about it and I'm dumb because I didn't write them down. But she says that the people who reject God get, go straight to God. They go straight to the white chair straight to God. For the unbelievers and believers, they still go before Jesus. So unbelievers and believers, wait, unbelievers and believers go to Jesus, Jesus for judgment day. People who reject God completely, like they know of God, but reject him, go straight to God in the white chair. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And like, and it says that judgment day, there is no more repenting. So if you think you have until the last day, until Jesus comes back to earth to repent of your sins and be forgiven of your sins, it says it in the Bible, but nobody really knows until that day. It says it's too late to repent. It says it in the Bible. It's too late to repent. So I'm telling you now, if you want to repent of your sins, you know, ask for forgiveness and put Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and accept him into your heart. Because it's like nobody, it could be tomorrow, it could be next week, it could be thousands of years from now where like Jesus comes and when that judgment day comes, there is no more repenting. There's no more repenting. You are no longer to be like, ah, oh my gosh, I I see Jesus all the way over there around the corner. Like he's talking to Mary Sue and they're probably judging Mary Sue right now, but he's going to come to my house. I'll be like, oh, and then you go to your knees and then you try to ask God for forgiveness. And he's like, oh, honey. It's, it's too late. It's judgment day, baby girl. So either Jesus, and it says that Jesus wipes your tears because he brings everything to light and your heart to light. So again, if you didn't put Jesus Christ as, I don't know it, don't quote me. Actually, never mind. But there's one thing that you could do is repent, forgive, ask for forgiveness and put Jesus Christ as, you know, your Lord and Savior. And if you don't want to do that, you don't have to. You really don't. But I'm here to be the vessel to let you know that that day is going to come. It, it says, it says Romans 14, 11. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. Every tongue will see God. Every human thing will come in front of God and be like, oh, dang, he's real. Like he's a real, like, It'd be like, hey, nice to see you guys. We'll see what ha- happened was, you see. So the reason why I didn't put Jesus Christ is, you know, so what happened, you know, it's too late. And I'm here to tell you, it's not too late right now if you're listening to this. And if you've already accepted Jesus Christ and that's why you're on the Messy with Jesus podcast, then ee, let's get it, let's go, right? But, you know, if you're someone who who's ticked through a whole hour of listening to me about my childhood and stuff like that if you stick this far and you came to the end and you haven't put Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior I I recommend it you know I don't know how to do, follow through to do that with you but think about it pray about it and prayer could just be like hey be like hey Lord so I heard this crazy girl 
on the internet talking about putting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I kind of need help, like, figuring out how to do that. I don't really know how to do that. You know, I know you're real, God. Like, G-O-D. Yeah, you're real. I believe in higher power, but I don't know how to put him first. Please show me, you know? And then also, like, don't just sit there and wait for God to give you crazy signs. Like, do some research. Look at, watch some sermons online, on YouTube. I can tell you that Transformation Church on YouTube is phenomenal. Elevation Church. There's so many churches and so many pastors. Maybe you won't click with one, but maybe you'll click with another and just listen to the word and listen to their prayer at the end to give your life to Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's not something you'll ever regret. Maybe like a year later, it'd be like, you know what? This whole Jesus Christ thing is not really for me. And then you could be like, and then you don't have to do it, but give it a shot. Give it a go, man. (laughs) Don't judge a book before you read it. Like, give it a read, you know? Give it some time. Let it marinate in your life. But I hope that whoever's listening after this hour, um, I don't know. Hope you learned something. Hope you take something. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I did read scripture, so should I, should I do another verse? La, 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 la. No, I think that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right. Um, I love you guys. Have a great morning, afternoon, or night, whatever you're listening to. Thank you so much for your listen. Thank you so much for your support. May God bless you. May God have his hand over you and your life, whether it's your job, your kids, your family, your relationships. May you see prosperity in your life. Ooh, who is she? I just used that word. Oh my gosh. Um, And may you come back to the next episode. I'm not sure what I might have for you, but I know it's going to be a me. It's going to be me and God. It's never going to be be me by myself. If I never feel God with me, I won't do it. You know, if I ever feel like flustered or anything, I won't do it. This is me and God's thing. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But if it is, stay for the ride because I can't wait to see where this podcast takes me personally and where it takes you personally. So I love you. Have a blessed day and I can't wait to see you soon. And if you don't already follow me on Instagram, follow me on A-N-A-I-Z-Z-Z-G-U-E-R-A, Anais Guerra with three Z's. That's my main page. But if you want to follow Messy with Jesus podcast, it's the only Messy with Jesus podcast Instagram. I will try my best to get some content out there for you. I would love to have you there. You can also DM me questions. I'm more likely to respond on that, like on that, yeah, on that platform because I have 24 followers and that's fine. I love all 24 of you. But if you have any questions or need any help or recommendations on sermons, books, Bible readings, let a girl know because I will, I will reach back out to you on the fly because it's, I only got 24 followers, like ain't nobody in my DMs there. So if that's some, if you want to reach me personally, it's the DMs are open and I'm more than willing to get back to you. I love you all. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed week and I'll see you on the next episode.